My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Better moods, more energy, less stress, heightened self-care, stronger relationships, and more are all benefits of, what would you guess? A, strength conditioning exercise, B, orgasmic sex, C, doing your taxes, or D, painting your toenails. Any guesses? (laughs) You all are way too smart for me. I'm sure you guessed it. It's A and B. That strength training exercise and conditioning and orgasmic sex. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and we are going to explore both of these amazing topics today with a chat about women's physical strength with one of my favorite people who I actually first met right here in the studio when she appeared as a guest a couple of years ago. You're going to recognize her very sexy voice. Then with some fun oral sex trivia, because why not? You'll also hear a fabulous Ask Dr. Megan segment on blowjobs for newbies. And I will highlight a fabulous kit to add fun and adventure to fellatio. First, I am so pleased to welcome Melanie Wise back to the show. An accomplished actress and stuntwoman, Ms. Wise has been acting professionally for over a decade. As a lead actress of the award-winning horror action film Hannah's Gift, Ms. Wise won Best Actress at the IndieFest Film Festival. Her character was so popular with young women that it spawned two fan clubs in Southern California. Standing six feet tall, a former basketball standout and licensed physical trainer, Ms. Wise possesses a presence and charisma that is groundbreaking in feature films, and when you stand next to her, by the way, um, more Clint Eastwoody than girlfriend next Dory. Ms. Wise is also an accomplished producer, having overseen the production of two indie feature films, as well as multiple shorts and commercials. She is amazing. She also is adept at video and sound editing, graphic design, uh, 2D motion graphics, and in polishing troubled projects. We all need that. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I love talking to you. Ditto. And why did you read all of that? Because, and it's not enough. I mean, really, (laughs) this doesn't cover everything that you do, I realize, but it's highlights. And I I want people to know who who we're gabbing with. And I find your your life and your career so fascinating and and especially the what we talked about what you exude which is this um, physical confidence and physical strength were you born a superhero badass or was this something that you along the way went I want to focus on physical strength actually I can say from the time that I was itty bitty strength is something that just excited me and I also but I also knew probably by the age of 10 or 12, that women had a physical strength that had never been tapped or taken advantage of. You know, it's not something. And what's really weird is um, when I was growing up, sports in most states for women were just, I mean, it was kind of an afterthought. And for whatever reason, I mean, we had just a badass basketball team. I mean, we actually we paid, played sports year-round, but, it, I mean, we I had some just amazing athletes I grew up next to, so I got to see 
really tough women, but they were all farm girls, mm. you know? And it's like, I think, you know, coming from um, a farm background, there's less distinction between men and women because if you're on a farm, you're working, you got it. You know, it's, it's hard labor. That's so interesting. A lot of people don't have to think about that. And mm -hmm. if you just go through life kind of being told what is expected of you because of your gender, then you're not going to consider things like, you know, football or wrestling or driving no. a tractor. Yeah. No. Well, one of the things that, you know, I mean, uh, my sister and I were raised by my dad. And, um, you know, you would have thought he had two little boys because we were driving tractors, pitching hay bales and watermelons. And, you know, we worked with him in his welding shop. Um, you know, we had a lot of chores. And we were, you know, we were essentially treated like two little boys. <laughs> so when you transitioned then to Hollywood or wherever you went first that was not, you know, a farm area, right? what was your impression? Were you, did you think that most women and girls kind of did that? I don't think I thought about it too much until I started, um, I, for a lot of years, I was a fitness instructor, and I did a lot of injury rehab, and I also trained a lot of women. But the one thing that really stuck out to me very, very, very quickly is women had no idea how strong they were. And, you know, they'll walk into the gym and you hand them, you know, a 10-pound weight. They're like, oh, I can't pick that up. And it's like, look, first of all, it's light. And secondly, you know, get them used to it. And inside of three months, they're way past what they ever imagined. And so <clears throat> you have this body on a strength level that has never been explored whatsoever. And there is 100%, there is some um, correlation to physical testing that translates to self-confidence. And um, it's one of those things I think is very difficult to explain unless you've experienced it. It sounds like it's a self-fulfilling thing as well. So if you believe that you can't pick up certain weights so that you're not capable of being strong. Because one thing that I grew up hearing, and I think we still hear very often, is, well, girls and women can only get so strong, and so there are certain things you just aren't going to be able to do. What do you say to that? Bullshit. <laughs> no, I, honestly, uh, every time, because, I mean, I think it was last year sometime, you know, the military came out with this long article about why women were not fit for military service, and I was like, I'm sorry. Women have a higher pain tolerance, we have more endurance, and generally pound for pound, we are stronger than men. So, it's like put that in your pipe and smoke it. And the next thing is, you know, it's like we, one of the reasons we have no idea what women can do is we have segregated sports. I grew up playing basketball with the boys. Mm, interesting. You know, and yeah. I, when I start, when I, um, my last year of high school, um, we had a really crappy basketball team, and I knew that I wouldn't get any better practicing with my team. So I started practicing with the junior varsity boys team. And at first, it's one of those that's kind of shocking because you suck in comparison, but it makes you step up a level. And so when I hear that women can't do fill in the blank, my first response is I'm not sure I buy that, not, not based on what I've seen. And um, I don't base my opinions on theory. I base my opinions on real life experience. Yes. It's so interesting. Everything you're saying reminds me so much of the gender stereotypes about sexuality as well, because everything that I, because I grew up thinking it just seemed really weird that we were taught that, you know, boys are sexual and girls are not. Women <laughs> don't have pleasure. They have to like, you know, 
give it to a man, you know, when they get to, like, these ideas that we are just not as human. I mean, it, it becomes this holistic um, approach to so many different facets of our life. Like, if we believe that we are not capable of pleasure or desire, we won't feel it. If we believe that we aren't capable of physical strength, then why would we get there? And all those things hold us down and make us more kind of submissive or, or controllable. Oh, my God. Um, it's one of those where, God, I have so many thoughts on this, because um, I think that, you know, confidence and, and physical strength is definite, is directly related to our sexual experience. I don't, do not think you can separate them at all. And the um, boxes that girls are supposed to live in as opposed to boys. And Amy, I apologize. I am going to put this in crass terms because I, on purpose, you know, but if, if, if a guy is out getting laid at a young age, this is bragging rights, you know, and, the, and for the girl, it's she's the town pump. So um, I think that... I've seen so many women that have as much sex drive as men, and the, the whole idea. I think that guys may be, uh, they may have a, a stronger biological imperative just in terms of motivation, like conquest motivation, but not sex. Yeah, not pleasure. Yeah, I've seen I've seen women that were highly sexual. It's one of my most common uh, questions or topics because I've written about mm -hmm. being in a relationship where you have the higher sex drive. It's one of my most common topics that people search for on my website and talk to me about because once you say it, everyone's like, oh, my God, I thought I was the only one. No. I just don't think we're – I mean, it's an individual thing, and it's okay to have less sex drive, more sex drive, whatever. But as a whole, I think we are very sensual, sexual beings in really powerful ways, and I think that does come out in our – physical strength capacity too you know just how much passion that we can infuse into what we do absolutely not to mention the fact that um the uh the more you get into the body the more the sex drive actually blossoms so hold yes. on to your belongings <laughs> and exactly and the hormonal benefits from physical activity as well you know working out in, whether it's working on the gym whether it's doing you know intense yoga hiking resistance mm. kind of stuff all of that improves the hormonal balance, right? Well, actually, um, exercise releases the same hormones that sex does. See, that's how they should sell exercise. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is gonna feel <laughs> like sex. Although, actually, it doesn't. No, but doesn't. you know, even the if people that, that I trained that you know, because I had this one chick that just hated to work out, but she loved how her body felt. It kept her coming back for a long time, for many years, in fact. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, she, she gave me this little custom post-it note saying, I'm going to quit exercising due to um, uh, fatigue and, oh, God, I can't remember what it was. So funny. but And then it was like Maxine uh, uh, thing. And underneath it says, I'm sick and tired of it. But, you know, I mean, and I trained this woman into a drum. You know, she was just tight all over, washboard belly, you know, ripped arms. She looked. She was totally badass, but she she kept showing up because after the fact the the even if you hate it after the fact the body still feels good and that actually affects your moods. You're, you're lighter, brighter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, now I work out and stay active because of 
overall health, but the mental benefit is so incredible and it's so freeing to not think about the superficial things. I don't think it's wrong to have, you know, goals of looking certain ways and certainly we all have that freedom. But when you're only exercising because especially when it comes to trying to be less, you know, trying to be we were just talking my my first my first modeling agent when I, I just started working out. I was in like in my late teens and I came in one day and he's all proud of me for, you know, taking care of myself. And then he looked at my legs and he was like, what's that line? <laughs> He's like, is there an exercise you could stop doing? So I did because it didn't occur to me to to kind of have any frustration over that. I just thought, oh, my God, I do have a line. Oh, and specific to modeling, I mean, one of the reasons why I was – I did okay in Europe, but I modeled as well. And here I was unhirable, um, you know, because – All those lines on your body. Yeah. No, yeah. You, you can't be bumpy in the world of modeling. They want skinny, straight. A hanger, yeah. Women, yeah. No, well yeah. said. And when it comes to physical fitness for women, too, I feel like the appearance that they promote has more to do with looking a very particular way than about so. strength. So it's like, well, now fitness is in. You can be a quote-unquote thick girl. You can be like J-Lo. But then it, we see this Photoshop body where the boobs and the butt are curvy in the right places and there's no flaw, quote flaw, right. in the skin. Uh, so how do you feel about kind of the the standards that the quote health and beauty and fitness industry presents as far as the, the photos we see? Bluntly, it sickens me um, because, first of all, it's not real life. Um, you know, there are some people that have a very petite build and that's what they're going to look like. And I think that's awesome. But to push that down the throat of every human being on the planet is um, it's absolutely amazing. But it's also one of those where the number of times where you see athletes getting a lot of guff because they're muscular and fit. I mean, Serena Williams is the best example. Ronda Rousey is another one. And, you know, it's one of those also, you know, stunt women get a mountain of crap because they need to be strong in order to take the hits that they're taking. And, you know, it's like if they have to tread a very fine line of, oh, I've got to stay skinny enough. Yes. And you can't. You can't be skinny. And yeah. have energy. I mean, unless that's your natural build. Or strength. Or strength. Yeah. I interviewed Susie Favor Hamilton, who is another one of my favorites, and she was an Olympic runner. Right. And she ended up getting a breast reduction surgery because all the attention was going on her, her boobs. having boobs and, and people watching them bounce and, and crap like that. Oh, it's God. like this this woman was doing record breaking, amazing athletic things and they're right. focusing on the boob bounce. Like what right. is wrong with the world? Oh well that harkens right back to uh, Tomb Raider when they you know keel it Jolie's boobs. Oh jeez. Yeah. No I mean can you imagine if, they, if if it was reversed, what would it be? It'd be like men's testicles bouncing around? Or would it be like, oh, look at that bulge in those shorts? Like, we don't – that's not the – it's a double standard for sure. Oh, and how – but it is one of those where, where maybe a few women should start commenting on the – Balance it out. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the size or lack of. You know, it's like, come on, man. You know, but it's also one of those where I think that – be, this becomes, I think, another difficult thing is – you know, people are beautiful, and we like looking at beautiful people. And, you know, it's one of those where, yes, if you have, like, you know, all the curves in the right places, people are going to look. And and if you're doing something 
if you want a place in the sun, you got to put up with a few blisters. So that's true. And it's interesting because we're also taught what to consider beautiful, mm-hmm. right? So curves in the right places. I know there's some, you know, obviously like ancestral things built in, but because we're an evolved species, if we see, you know, if we see big boobs and we've been taught that that is what is sexy and only what's sexy, yes. then that's what we will all, It's. I think we're all kind of brainwashed a bit by that. And I, and I think if we saw more, you know, images, and again, bodies are beautiful. Let's see all different kinds of them doing amazing things. Absolutely. I mean, I, I well, I'm not, I have a generous bosom. I'm not huge, but I mean, for sports, I often wish that I had smaller boobs just because it's a lighter load. In the way, sure. Well, and it's, it, I mean, running, you know, it's like, um, I have a sprinter's run specifically for to cushion, you know, the, the landing so that, you know, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> But it's one of those where, I mean, I have, I've looked at a lot of women's bodies and they're beautiful in many shapes and sizes. And, um, you know, I've seen women where, you know, maybe they're not, you know, your standardly thin model size, but they're absolutely stunning looking. And, yeah. and the idea that we're just putting out one body size uh, for all is ridiculous. Right. And it's like a certain age. It's usually a certain race. It's like there's so many specifics when... You're right. And and so much of it does have to do with presence. Like when you exude mm-hmm. that, like when we feel hot and sexy, and I'm not talking sexy as in sexualizing ourselves, but just feeling like really fierce mm-hmm. and strong, I feel like we give off something that you, you get that when somebody walks into a room and they are radiant. And it's yes. not about the specifics of like their waist size or their boob size or their butt no. size. It's There's some energy. And I think... As far as the strength training um, emotional benefits, one of them seems to be just this comfort in your body. Yes, which, you know, and the thing that, that you you nailed it, the more comfortable we are in our body, I believe, the more freely we allow ourselves to be attractive. And because it's one of those where it, it's like, you know, when you, and you can you can literally see it on someone's physicality where they're getting small and and the smaller that you get I mean you're hiding that light under a bushel yes it's so true I'm taking this uh, self-defense class called impact which is amazing and it's the kind where there are two men in the class who wear these outfits that are basically indestructible so the first thing they had us do was like come in punch us in the nuts like just do it it's not going to hurt us but you need to get comfortable protecting yourself and it's amazing to me you were talking about the space that we do or do not take up. After that class, I just found myself standing up taller. Yep. Uh, one thing that a lot of women, I guess, tend to do, they said, was, you know, we curve to the side, which is kind of a, it's not really giving permission to somebody, of course, but it gives the impression that somebody can come in. Whereas if we're straight on and square and standing in our own ground, like oh, yeah. balanced and fierce, it's so different, right? <laughs> oh, gee, now I understand why people sometimes find me intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Thanks. you got the stance down, Melanie. Oh yeah, no, I I I, I well, you know it's funny because I, I, when I used to get accused a lot of being very masculine, and it's one of those things that I don't see. And it, what's very interesting to me is we associate femininity with this soft, passive flower. If you really break femininity down, it is ferocious, it's brutal, you know. And I mean, look at Mother Nature. 
Mm, right? Yeah. Watch watch women's combat sports, much bloodier than men's. You know, there is a ferocity to femininity that nobody wants to really look at and they're they insist publicly does not exist to me by the way i see you as incredibly feminine and it makes me proud to be a woman to see women who are so i see them as very feminine very connected to their womanhood and freaking fierce yeah like i would hang out with you anywhere i feel so safe <laughs> forget impact i got melanie um yeah it's an amazing amazing thing well, I appreciate that. No, it's it's one of those where, yeah, I don't, I could never sell victim, you know. It, yeah, so. Yeah, and that's actually something we talked about in the class was when you don't necessarily realize that you're walking around yeah. presenting a victim. Yes. Doesn't mean you should be, of course. It's never, ever, ever, ever your fault if something happens. But to go around feeling already, like, preemptively not the victim. Like, I'm in charge of my body. I'm in charge of this space. And the amazing change that happens, like in the class, we have actual attacks happen. And, you know, they're, they're scripted. We're not going to get hurt, but we're being attacked by trained professionals. And it's amazing to me how much that your body goes into complete and other panic, but at the same time, once you learn more about that, you're able to channel it, and it brings out this fierce power. And I didn't know I could kick somebody in the nuts so hard. Not, 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 the, not, not that it's awesome that you're kicking somebody in the nuts, but the fact that that ferocity is waking up, because it doesn't have to be brutal, but it's this... Um, but knowing you can, right? Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, knowing you can. <laughs> yeah. That's that's it, really. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those where, I mean, I always, in my mind since I was little, I mean, I've always been, like, oddly strong for my size. And, um, oh, I have to tell you this. Can I tell you? It's really stupid. So um, I'm, like, freakishly strong on shrugs, you know, and there are times you see these, like, really big, burly dudes at the gym, and they're using the shrug machine. I'll ask them to work in. What is the shrug machine? A shrug is where it's – you're literally just doing shrugs, but it's – Oh, with your shoulders up and down, like – Yeah, but you're exercising the trap muscle, so it's the back of the neck okay. right here. Anyway, um, so, you know, that they start stripping the weight off. I'm like, oh, no, leave it, you know, and I'll work in at a set at their weight, and they won't come back. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, but it's one of those where, but okay, back to my point is I think that once you know you can, you're able to walk softly and carry a big stick. It's like you don't got nothing to prove. And when we have nothing to prove, we have greater comfort, um, more groundedness and, and, and less ego. And I think that stuff translates to allowing us to have these greater senses of what we have and what we are um it's more ownership you know it's like the second you got something to prove you're coming from a space when you're proving something you're proving it because you don't think you have it very well said that is so interesting and i love what you said about realizing what you're capable of because when you do you don't realize how much energy you're putting into that, that negative space. And right. it opens up more than just physical strength. And one of the um, reasons that I – well, there's many reasons I'm taking this course, but it was just interesting to me. I had a reminder recently. 
uh, where outside of this studio, mm -hmm. I was walking to my car, and this man was standing behind me when I met the light, right. and he's making all these crude comments about my body. He's describing my butt. He's describing my legs. He's trying to get my attention. And I was completely ignoring him, and it was one of those – it's like you know in your head logically certain things, like this is what I would do if this happens. This is what I would do. But when you're in the situation, if you're not – connected with yourself and your strength in that way, it was scary, right. you know? And I'm like, I don't want to turn around and egg him on. I don't know. But my gut just said, just ignore him. And then I saw him again, you know, uh, last week. And this time it was less. But I love knowing that walking around, because I think every woman deals with some sort of, whether it's catcalling or people pushing you out of the way on the street or just not treating you well. And I wonder with this strength that you've cultivated and that's innate in you, do you have that experience as a, as a really physically strong person? I get catcalled for sure, but I mean, it's one of those where um, um, people don't mess with me. And, you know, I'm glad. And part of it is my height, um, I'm sure. You know, it's not one of those where, you know, when people talk about things like rape, um, I'm, I've seen this on five foot tall women that are a hundred pounds soaking wet. It's like, they are not a victim. And it's like, if you mess with them, you're going to draw back a bloody stump. Well, I have that energy at six feet tall. You know, it's like, I've told guys, man, I'll clean your clock and I mean it and they know it. And it's, it's one of those where even if you don't have to say it out loud in your confronting situations where there is physical danger, when you know you can handle yourself. Hey, man, you know, one of the world's biggest problems on every continent um, is violence against women. And I I think we absolutely need to have, you know, all of the, the, the teachings about, you know, that, that, that gender appreciation or, or, you know, having more male culture learn about the proper respect that is due the female culture. But... My theory on it has long been that, you know, if you really want to see rape statistics change, start teaching self-defense to women because there's, you know, a few, when once a few guys start getting their clock cleaned, it's not easy work. Yeah, they're expecting to be able to win. I mean, yeah. win is a terrible word for it, but it's a conquest. And it's not about sex. And it's not it's about, about power. It's about power. It's abuse and rape culture. So many people who do rape were traumatized themselves yep. and there's this whole cycle and we do we need to address it from all angles and I think I just don't see any downside whatsoever to strengthening ourselves and to believing Ever. in our strengths and I don't you think it helps men too for women to be I think well yeah I do think it helps men it's going to challenge the ones that um uh, aren't too comfortable with themselves though which is a good thing ultimately sure, sure. the toxic masculinity masculinity thing is is kind of big where men are taught that they're supposed to see women in a certain way and that they're supposed to exude masculinity just how femininity can be the soft little thing right that masculinity can't be a sensitive empathetic person exactly so it takes a lot of evening out there it does i think i think that i mean two things i think that um the more women are encouraged to test themselves physically, I believe that we are going to see a very different relationship between men and women on the planet the world over. Um, one of the things that we had the pleasure of screening was a documentary called Power. And this one woman was, she was South African and she was raped. And her answer to that was to learn self-defense. And then she traveled to Win India, which has the highest rape statistics on, in the in the world. Yeah. 
and she taught self-defense. And, and it's a 30-minute documentary that blows your mind. I've been to India. I've seen the women. They're very physically meek. And you see these quiet, meek little ladies walk in, and you see these, like, ladies leave, and it happens very quickly. And they practice them with pads. So, I mean, they get to deliver full force punches and kicks, which is what they need to do. But you see these these very meek women in a short, short period of time turn into little warriors, and it's awesome. I love that. I love that. Yeah, they even teach them how to... um, uh, defend against multiple attackers. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Like the first impact class that I took was four hours. And at the beginning, the instructor did this choreographed type fight for in front of us. Right. And we were all like applauding and like, oh, my God. And we thought we were she was showing it to us as like, maybe someday you'll be able to do this. By the end of that class, okay. we were freaking doing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we may not have been as, you know, to our full potential of where we could be with it. But it's amazing. It's already in there. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not something you have to create. No, that's the, the only thing you got to do is wake it up. And, you know, I think there's a number of ways of waking it up. I Yoga, harder to wake it up there because, you know, the whole point of yoga is, well, actually yoga means unity of the body and the mind. You know, so... It's that, good for the awareness, for sure, right? Absolutely. And um, there's a lot in yoga that um, a lot of the stuff that I teach is very yoga based. Um, So there's extraordinary value in it. Um, Millions of people the planet over do yoga. So I'm never going to poke holes in it because they're getting benefits out of it. And you're seeing people move into old age with an extraordinary modicum of better joints, less inflammation. Yeah, Yeah. there's huge benefits. Right. But in in terms of waking up that uh, that 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 ferocious feminine. I think you do need something that is going to cause you strength and a little bit of combat mixed in. I like it. I want to go uh, tap into my combat goddess. Um, So how do we get there from, say, so somebody who either is brand new to this or maybe isn't somebody who's inclined to to lift weights, for example. I know that that's one valuable option. Like you said, maybe the benefits drive you to do it anyway. What are some other ways besides going to the gym? Some people, some women don't even like going to the gym because the ways guys act there. So are there some other options? Um, Well, I'm going to, it's the, it's an answer to your question. It's not the exact answer. I think the first thing, if, if you want to engage yourself more physically, I think one of the things you have to do is kind of take stock of where you are. Do you like exercise? Do you not like it? You know, like it's like have an awareness of where you are coming from and also have an awareness of where your physicality is. Where's your aches and pains? What kind of health are you in? It's like pick something that you enjoy because there's dance, you know, all forms of dance, many, many, many forms of dance. Um, There's sports. There's, I mean, exercise happens in a vast number of ways. Pole dancing. I've been wanting to do that, and now I just realized how fierce my legs would be if I could flip up and down those poles. Actually, it's going to be your back that's going to be fierce. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, how do you think? It's it's a, it's both, but yeah. it's very upper. Women, um, we uh, we are not built as muscularly in the upper body as men most okay. in most cases. Um, so, but yeah, no, pole dancing is astounding. It's one. It's absolutely beautiful. absolutely beautiful and sadly it's got a bad rap it does yeah yeah it's only associated with strippers it really is yeah Yeah. which 
that should be fine, you know, as its own thing. Absolutely. And then it should be fine for anyone to want to do. Why not? Like, why do we have to associate it with, again, we're putting women in categories. Oh, uh, well, yet again. And it's uh, it's stunning, stunning to watch. But there's, you know, think broadly in terms of, you know, I mean, thinking of just strength conditioning or just self-defense or martial arts is, is a, there's so many things you can do. Um, and I do think that dance is gives you an extraordinary number of of opportunities as do outdoor sports um i love hiking yeah and exactly. that's something that i never imagined i would partly because i was into that sort of like i have to see the numbers you know <laughs> now i'm just like cover the numbers with duct tape i don't care but being outdoors and using your body again mm. when you can exercise and it doesn't feel like exercise it just feels not that that's bad if it does no. but that you're actually just feeling connected with whether it's your surroundings or your body or you know there's so many ways to find something enjoyable or to make it enjoyable absolutely and do you know why i think sex and exercise are so closely related they both require you to become very present in the body. Mm, that's so true. Yeah. Because I've said, like, the most present you can be is orgasming. is like the whole world disappears. And But if you are not present when you're doing something really physically strenuous, you hurt yourself or worse. Well, I mean, you can't climb up a mountain and just stop thinking about your body. Right? No. And, well, I mean, but watch. Go to the gym and look at how many people, you know, tune out to their exercise or reading the newspaper watching a book. I mean, I have, you know, I've, I've got, I've got, um, you know, um, an iPod with, you know, like pro grade headphones and an actual headphone amplifier. Cause like, I'm like, I want my music. I want it nice. I, Cause I like an intense workout. And I like that. Cause music can change the tone of the workout, the yeah. experience. You get excited again, more you're stimulating the person to become very present in the body. So, you know, like and when I say dance, I mean, shit, turn on your music at home, turn it up loud and get moving. I it, love that. It doesn't even it doesn't have to be um, structured and organized. You know, there's you know, there's there are basic things you can do um, at home that are, are actual strength conditioning squats, push ups. You know, all of being able to move your own body weight is very, very important. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of boxing? I love boxing. Um one I would make one caution about boxing boxing teaches some really poor postural habits and um, one of the things that I don't think people spend nearly enough time and attention on is um, the upper cervicals you have the brainstem sits in C1 and C2 and so as the head posture goes forward and the shoulders round out um, you're actually squeezing the brainstem which actually um, controls parasympathetic nerve function to all of the organs and glands so the fallout is extraordinary um, and boxing teaches this. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you have this this very rounded out forward defense posture, and I can pretty much identify boxers just by the way they stand and walk. So if you do box, balance it out with something else that works your posture. Absolutely, and head position, because you're going to see the head come, and and once the head comes forward in front of the body. Um, that's where you actually start straightening the neck, and there's supposed to be a curve there. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I know you carry a backpack, and it's interesting because recently I heard somebody say, and I can't remember who it was, something about how they were comparing high heels, which, you know, I'm very interested in the whole kind of social place of that, um, but 
two purses and they were saying they're both designed to control women, like to keep them in their place, to keep them. And I thought purses, I hadn't thought about that. But there's a reason that you prefer the two straps. Yeah, no, I, I, I want my, I always want my hands free. It's like, I, I, I am a pack mule because I carry the backpack. But it's like my job out in life is not to just have my hands full of stuff. And we are taught women are, I mean, yeah, I need stuff. We all need stuff. Yeah. But I'm not carrying a purse. My, my backpack is my purse. <laughs> I love that. Because I think, it, and it does, it weighs us down. If, and usually, we, I know I typically carry it on the same shoulder. Everybody does. Yeah, that's so interesting. So uh, more balanced. Like I've been using my um, fanny pack that I use for dog walking. Yeah. And I'm like at a restaurant and I look down, I'm like, this is very, very fashionable, but it's so functional. Well, it's funny. I still use a fanny pack. I mean, those went out a long time ago, and I, I use one because, once again, Let's bring them back. Hands Let's free. make everyone at your beautiful film festival I'll ask you about in a minute. Everyone should have to wear those on the red carpet. No. Oh, a fanny pack? <laughs> I, I actually, you know, because they don't even make really nice ones anymore. I actually made my own. Are you kidding me? No. That's I wanted amazing. a nice one. Yeah. I love it. Yay, another fanny pack lover. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mine uh, is from REI. So, like, you can get them at outdoor stores. Yeah, you can. Um, but, yeah, they used to be, like, really hip. And now, you know. Oh, come on. Remember, what was that last film that um, Dwayne Johnson was in? Where, uh it was a comedy. It was absolutely hilarious. And um, it, they made fun of him. He was like the, the really buff gym dude. He had a fanny pack on. In it it I was it. perfect. I that's was like, so oh, funny. that's me, the gym rat with the fanny pack. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Speaking of movies, I know we talked about this in our mm. previous interview, so I hope everyone will check that out and hear more about how women are depicted in film. But just a, a general question, and it's been a couple of years since then. Do you feel like we're moving in the right direction as far as how women are presented on the big screen and our strength? I think we're, I think we're getting there, definitely. Um, we still have a lot of room to make up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those where, you know, okay, so, this, and this is one where both, you know, both men and women suffer from this, but look at the academies. They do not, rec- I mean, name one action film that ever won an Academy Award. Yeah, can't think of one. No, because I don't think there has been. And the, and the bottom line of it is I think that's one of the reasons why Stand Up for Stunts is getting no traction is because we regard physical stuff. I mean, we absolutely make royalty out of our sports peeps, right? But they're not important. They're just what's in 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 our face and in our popular culture. But there's not a lot of them. We don't we don't place great importance on that. The important stuff is the the movie where you had to put on 40 pounds or the serious film. You know that makes me crazy. I want one journalist on TV to Instead of asking the person, how did you lose all that weight? And you get to hear about these dangerous diet techniques. Yes. Could we just talk about their craft instead? You right. know, or or could we talk about the physical demands, you know, and h- how did you stay safe when you were doing that? Yeah. Like, how did you take care of yourself? Because I just think celebrities, whether they want it or not, they have a huge responsibility. Extraordinary. Yeah. And they're also limited because of, again, the, the roles that are either available and, it's, you know, it's, it's very complicated. Oh, and how. This is one of those where I think this is – I brought up the whole – Oscar bit because we do not place much importance on physical activity, which, you know, again, and these are the, 
it, it, I think it is one of the very, very simple roads that we can take to very basic um, comfort within our own shell and very basic self-confidence. And no one's pushing it. And they push it if you're a boy and they push it when you're young, but they don't push it on girls at all. And then in life, we don't really go and, and wow the physical achievement. It's less because it's, well, it's a mere physical achievement. and It wasn't some brainiac move. That is so interesting. Wow. And your film festival, which is so amazing, the Artemis Women in Action Film Festival, is a highlight of my year and so many people's years and has been for now this is the third year. Would you just tell us for anyone who's unfamiliar what it is? We celebrate badass women. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we are the first festival that actually our complete dedication is um, – women in action and empowerment on screen you know so we're going to show you your badass action heroes the amazing things people do in the military sports stuff um we get to screen the most amazing bits of women's history that most people don't know anything about we um um you know and this year we actually opened it up to social activism um, we had never planned on just staying completely physical because there's many facets of strength, but it's one of those where it's like, how much of a chunk can you chew on at once? Right. It's where you, it was your starting point, and it's yeah. such an important pillar within it because it's so missing. Yeah. But I love that it's branched out. And, you know, last year we saw this wonderful film with the hang glider. Oh, my God. Oh, that um, the, the bird woman. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, incredible stuff that yeah. we should all be seeing. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite was between the years of like 1956 and 72, the winningest basketball team on the face of the planet. It was a woman's non-pro basketball team. Nobody knows what? anything about it. Yep. When yep. I was a kid, that was my dream to be a professional women's basketball player. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. You make a good guard. I don't know what I was good at, but I loved it. And I, uh, but then I tried out for a play and it was all over. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I love basketball. That's amazing. I didn't realize. Yeah. And like you said, so is there a film about them? Yeah, it's called Flying Queens. Is it showing this year? It showed last year. Um, there's a possibility we may screen it again this year. But I mean, these are the bits and pieces of history that we get. I mean, last year we showed um, two films about um, women in the military. And, and very few people know that the first time that women flew planes in military service was in World War II. Mm. And we, you know, again, we had we had a warrior woman panel and this 93-year-old pilot up on stage telling you about all of the stuff that she did. And then, of course, uh, you know, as soon as the, the war came to a close, which was good, the women were uh, summarily escorted back into the home. Man, unbelievable. Mm. The stories are so important. And I know that right now you're doing crowdfunding because it's a huge, huge, massive project, and so much goes into it that people don't even realize. Tell us about the crowdfunding. You also have these amazing perks. I'm wearing one of the gorgeous shirts right now. It's one of the coolest crowdfunding campaigns I know of, so uh, please tell us more. Um, well, you, you can check it out at womenkickass.com, and our, our crowdfunding video is actually pretty cool. We've got uh, four short action sequences where uh, you know we have Mission Artemis. So um, there's some kick-ass action even in the video. So you, you'll you'll be entertained too. And then, but no, we've we've got um, custom-made T-shirts this year. We've got perks from ten dollars all the way up to ten grand. So um, amazing. Yeah, you can. And okay, this is so cool. 
So um, we were given a 19th century bronze. It's Antiope. She's the queen of the Amazons. And um, she's seated, uh, stringing her bow. The statue is 24 inches tall. It weighs about 65 pounds. It was cast in the 1880s. It's in absolutely perfect condition. And uh, it's on our crowdfunding page. Holy crap. Yeah, there's That's one. There, there was only 20 made. One is sitting in the Smithsonian. I think seven of them were signed. And this one's signed. And it's the only one available in the world for purchase right now. Whoa. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, it's. you should see it in person. Wow. It's mind-numbing. Awesome. She is so beautiful. Oh. I mean, she's huge. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. There's so much creativity that goes into it. It's awesome. Yeah, no, well, it was, I mean, for us, it's like the perfect, I mean, if you if you really identify with Amazon women and you want a, a very good art investment. Which, by the way, your festival is full of, I, it cracked me up so much that, so I gave up heels for a year, right? Right. And it was inspired by the Cannes Film Festival turning women away for showing up in flats. Right. So then when I asked you, I said, I just wanted you to know I'm planning to wear flats. And you were like, yeah, like you were totally into it. And so I'm so pumped. And I'm going to and I'm, you know, I got the honor of emceeing, which was amazing. In and your flats. In my flats. Yeah. I had my flat gladiator sandals on. And of course, I'm on stage with literal Amazon women. I mean, I I was just shrimped by these. I mean, it was amazing, but it felt so great to be up there and just feel strong in that, you know? Yeah. But it was so funny to me that the first time I did it happened to be around people who were like, these are women who were like 6'5". Uh, one of them One was. of them, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I had to, like, climb a ladder to give her a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, I, I don't get to feel small much, but I love standing next to Goddess Sever just for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, this is what it feels like. <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. Uh, so we're going to dip into another sexy topic here. And then I would love to, before I let you go, hear some of your top tips for really honing our strength and stepping into it so that we can all, because I know people are inspired just by listening, um, but kind of some practical steps that we can start taking. Yeah, awesome. Definitely. Awesome. So it's time to talk about strength of another kind, if Swing. you know what I mean. You guessed it. It's the strength of the girl boner and the boy boner and the non-binary transforming boner varieties. Um, a bit of sexy trivia for you all first. Uh, and this one is for anybody who's feeling spiritually lost and you're looking for that new religion. You should check out Taoism because Conolingus is accorded a revered place in Taoism because it's believed to achieve longevity. So there's your fountain of youth. That's amazing. But get this, the loss of semen, vaginal, or other body fluids um, in the same text is considered uh, to bring on loss of vitality. So you have to swallow those fluids, I guess, and then you're really in it for the long haul. Um, ingesting the secretions from the vagina, a male or a female can conserve and or increase the chi or the origin of vital breath. So move over smoothies drink up. Um, according to Debbie Herbenick, who's an amazing researcher and associate professor at Indiana University who helped conduct this national survey on sexual behavior, the vast majority of young men are now really into cunnilingus. So that's awesome. And if you are out there and you're like, I wish I knew how to go down on my woman more, not that you own her. I was just using that phrase. Um, check out my chat with Ian Kerner. She comes first. It's an amazing book. You can learn more about all the wonderful ways you can bring pleasure to the vulva. Slang historian Jonathan Green said that the slang terms for oral sex by the 19th century included 
prick eating and eating seafood. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Did you know that your tongue is a muscle you can exercise to make it stronger and more powerful? Who knew? Like, we can take our tongues to the gym. We don't actually have to go there anywhere for this, this actual strength training because you can just have sex and play with your tongue. According to sex educator Catherine Tayuka, the tongue has the ability to put an amazing six to pound, six to eight pounds of pressure on a penis. Hmm. I'm, I'm just wondering if that feels good. Maybe you should gradually add the pounds <laughs> unless you're trying to, you know, defend yourself. Um, there's also research that shows that semen has antidepressant qualities. Interesting. If you don't love the flavor just yet, or if you've noticed that the flavor is a little bitter, then you and your lover should maybe eat some fruits such as pineapple before getting busy and avoid fatty meats and fried foods because all of that can increase inflammation, which also makes less blood flow down to the genitals so you don't get as aroused. But the smell and flavor as a result has been shown to be less delicious. So sweeten it up if you can. And if you want to try deep-throating, Exhaling before taking in that cock into your mouth can apparently increase your oral capacity by 33%. So there's another yoga benefit. Make sure you're doing your deep breathing. Oral sexy play can be awesome, but what if you are brand new to it? Which we all are at some point, right? I love this question for today's Ask Dr. Megan segment. It comes from a listener named Bethany who wrote this. I've only had two sexual partners, my ex and my current boyfriend. My ex wasn't that into oral sex, but my boyfriend loves it, both giving and receiving. And he let it slip that he could tell I haven't done it much. Ouch. Anyway, he apologized for that. And now I just want to improve my skills. Any suggestions? Thank you so much. Bethany. Bethany, I love this question. I think it's so important, and I think that a lot of people will learn from this. Here's what Dr. Megan had to say. Bethany, all I can tell you is there are a number of women out there who are probably going to be your best friend, because the one thing I know is that, you know, for many different reasons, um, we, you know, have certain sexual experiences or partners, and we don't have others. And, you know, you sort of said you're not atypical. You've had a limited number of partners, and guess what? Oral sex, blowjobs was definitely not top of mind or of interest for your previous boyfriend. And so the reality is we don't start as expert. And I think the part that I think, again, women are going to like want to high five you for is to just appreciate that you're not alone. And yes, of course, on one hand, um, it's all about how we communicate our wants and desires to our partner because, you know, your current boyfriend... There are a lot of better ways he could have sort of approached it um, because, again, the way that he sort of let it slip, like, I haven't done it much, I imagine it sort of spiraled you into a feeling of, like, you're not enough or not good enough. And I think that that's really an important piece around sexual communication is that it's, it's really important that we express our preferences, our wishes, our desires, but that we do so coming from the that wish, the longing, what I really want to experience and feel with you versus the complaint or frustration, what right now in this moment we're not having or experiencing. Because the reality is, you know, we don't start as expert and, you know, there's so many parts of sexuality and I hope we all stay open and curious to explore some of our own boundaries and try new things on to figure out for ourselves experientially what our personal turn-ons and turn-offs are. And so, you know, the thing, you know, it sounds like you, your boyfriend, you guys have made a repair around that because obviously sensitive feelings come up. But again, the thought that's so amazing is 
guess what? You want to be a student. You're like reaching out because you're like, I just want to figure this thing out. And so I hope that your boyfriend uh, appreciates that enthusiasm and the awareness that, you know, there's nothing like having a student, someone who's interested in learning. So when it comes to improving your skills, first of all, open the conversation. Like, you know, there's this new app, Oh My God, Yes, which is all about uh, different techniques to uh, basically give a woman oral sex in ways that she feels pleasure and the different styles. Because the reality is, even when it comes to blowjobs, you know, some men really love their scrotum or testicles to be part of the experience. Some men might like more friction or focus on the frenulum. Some men like the hand and, you know, mouth combo like it really wet, like the technique and, and what is the turn on both physical sensation and mentally in terms of, you know, maybe, you know, your seduction, your tease, uh, your process, all of those things are part of arousal. And the more that you have an open communication with each other about the turn ons, that's going to lead you both to figure out for yourselves, sort of what are the right, you know, combinations of mindset and technique that really make it amazing. Um, that being said, sometimes it's also helpful to have some sort of books or videos to, you know, give you your own ideas about what might be fun to try. Because even though your boyfriend, it sounds like has more experience, he only knows what he knows. So, you know, as you're being this amazing student and trying things on, you might ex totally like blow his mind with an experience or technique that he's never before experienced and might love. So on the book side, let me give you a few references. Um, one is Passionista by Ian Kerner, who had been on recently, Girl Boner. And uh, Passionista is the Empowered Woman's Guide to Pleasuring a Man. The other, I would say, is Sadie Allison's Tickle His Pickle, Your Hands-On Guide to Penis Pleasuring. And the third I'd suggest is The Best Oral Sex Ever, His Guide to Going, oh, sorry, Her Guide to Going Down by Yvonne Fulbright. So in addition to these books, because again, it's all about knowing what kind of way do you uh, most readily digest information. Sometimes people really love to read, others like to watch. So the Sinclair Institute who offers these books, but uh, they also offer videos. They have, I think, three or four on oral sex. Then there's, of course, your good old friend YouTube where... I did a little research myself. There's a, like three or four, at least at a minimum, um, YouTube short videos that gives you thoughts and ideas. And, you know, ultimately going back to what I said before, it's educating yourself so that you don't feel like quite the novice and even thinking for yourself, what are the techniques and positions and ways of introducing and seduction that feel most comfortable to you. But ultimately it's in the conversation. And, you know, for you both thinking about this as like a playground and an opportunity to really figure out like what really drives you most, both the most crazy. So instead of feeling sort of the um, novice and inexperienced, I want you to see the opportunity of being the student and the student who really wants to become expert because as they say it's all about the practice so as always totally want to hear how it goes thank you so much dr megan i love her advice and i think we can all learn so much from it every time i'm always like wow that was a really fascinating um, piece and 
just as we were talking about with strength training, like wanting to be a student is really where it all starts. So thank you so much, Bethany. I hope that was helpful and I can't wait to hear how you progress. Feel free to, to chime back in and, and let us know. Here are a few more tips uh, to up your blowjob, Auntie, thanks to some sex educators. Auntie Angel, creator of the amazing grapefruit blowjob, yes, you want to Google that, asked men about what they liked about blowjobs, and the top answers were, were sound, saliva, and hand motions. So sound can make it more enjoyable for us all. Whatever sounds you want to make, for some reason I just imagine somebody hearing that and like starting just making this cock-a-doodle-doo sound or, I mean, you never know. Like, what is your partner into? Just try things. And if it's funny, then that's cool too. Um, I'm sure they're talking about like moaning and suckling noises. But you know what? You don't have to stick to those. You can do whatever you want. Um, use your hands. I think sometimes too, I, rem- I actually do remember the first time that I heard the word blowjob and I was a kid and I asked somebody, I think very inappropriate, like a band director or something like, what's a blowjob? And when they very carefully, and I'm glad they answered my question, but said something about, you know, sucking out a penis. I was, so I I was like, well, do you blow too? Like air? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so you could imagine how my first ones went. Um, but using your hands too, it doesn't, it's not just about sucking, just as sex is not all about intercourse. There's so many other things you can do while you're, or before you're playing with the penis or the balls and playing with other parts of the body. Um, nipples uh, on people of all genders can be very erotic. So knowing your partner's er- erogenous Jones is, is important. I also asked one of our favorite sex educators who has been on the show to talk about sexy monogamy, Kate Scalisi, what she would advise. And she said, let's see here, start slow, aka tantalize them. Don't go straight to deep throating or attempting to. Use your lips, tongue, teeth, hands, and nails to lick, kiss, suckle, nip, scratch lightly, she noted, slap, pinch, you name it, all the way from their belly button to their perineum, the area between the balls or vaginal opening and their butthole. I actually heard too that if, I don't know if this is true, I need to see what my source was, but that if you massage that area, it can actually stimulate the prostate, which is healthy and also potentially pleasurable. Um, Kate also added, try licking from the balls all the way to the tip of the penis, scratching gently from their belly button down to the top of the penis, massaging the perineum, oh, there you go, with firm circular motions. That was true. And nibbling on the penis from tip to bottom and back again. By the time you put your mouth around their cock, they'll be in a frenzy, she says, and it'll feel absolutely mind-blowing. That sounds fun. Plus, doing this lets the giver discover their partner's most sensitive spots, which they can pay extra attention to throughout the blowjob. That is so cool. I love that. And they both mentioned variety and also, you know, knowing your partner is really important, too. So exploring and communicating uh, during the act, maybe when you're not doing it, you know, just asking each other questions and seeing what feels good. And I also think masturbating together can be really powerful because you see what your partner loves and you get to show them what you love. And it's a huge turn on, but you also can study. So take note. Um, If you want to shake things up even more without your hands and mouth alone, check out the Better Blow Job Kit, which is our latest toy of the month thanks to the pleasure chest. The amazing sex-positive resource here in L.A., also New York City and Chicago. So I tried this kit out. It's awesome and really fun. And 
just a cool, versatile thing. It comes with everything that you need to give your BJs a little boost. An edible, sweet, flavored lube, an open-ended penis sleeve for extra shaft sensation, and a vibrating cock ring to give his balls a buzz. You can also turn that cock ring over so that if you decide to go into intercourse, you can get clitoral stim from that buzz, which is really nice. And some people like the buzz, some people don't. So again, you know, try it out, have fun with it. The cock ring helps keep the blood in, in the right places so the hardness goes on and you both get more pleasure which is amazing uh one thing i noticed if you use all the pieces at once it might be hard to find a place to put your mouth um but you can maybe i did something wrong even so very fun um you could use one at a time you but the tube that comes so they talked about this kind of it's like a penis cozy it's a sleeve and uh put the lube on first so it'll slide on (laughs) melody's like i've never done an interview like this before um but if you turn it inside out it has little ridges and so then you can feel more sensation i think that that's the way you're supposed to use it that's how i did um but it's really a lot of uh, fun. It just adds some adventure. And you can also give it as a gift for like a masturbation um, treat for your partner, which I think would be really fun if if they're like out of town or something and you want to do phone sex or Skype sex or FaceTime sex or just know that they are enjoying themselves and that you care about their pleasure. Isn't technology amazing? I think it's awesome. Um, Order your Better Blowjob Kit at the Pleasure Chest or visit one of their stores. And if you attend one of their free workshops, you get 15% off your purchase. Thepleasurechest.com. I could see Melanie was like wanting to say something. Are you speechless? No, absolutely not. Um, uh, there's a book I, I have at home, but I think I don't think you've ever, I don't think you've ever read it, and I'm not sure I'm going to remember the title of it. Well, I think it's called the Tao the the Tao of Sex. Have you seen that? It sounds really familiar now that you said that. Right, but it covers the the, the part about ejaculation. It covers all of that stuff in there. Okay, well I got my reading list too. I'm getting so much homework today, man. <laughs> All these things to read and try and do. It's amazing. Wow. Um, She's going to be well-exercised, folks. Oh, yeah. Just look out. The muscles in every part of my body are, are flexing right now. Um, <laughs> so if people do want to become a student of physical strength and, and really step into that beyond, you know, just the what you mentioned, which was so brilliant, awareness starting where you're where you are absolutely no what what can we do well i'm going to go back to that as as the first part because it's really really important if you dive into something that your physicality is not prepared for you're just going to open yourself up for an injury so really consider do you like strenuous work do you like things that make you breathe hard do you like um things that are more relaxing because you know i mean some people um most o blood types like to be road hard and put up wet, you know, so they like good strenuous exercise, at which point you might consider something that is harder to do because the body craves it. But I mean, you, uh, you know, it, it's it's a preference thing. It can very much be dictated. I see a lot of commonalities by blood type and people that are a blood types generally gravitate t- towards more cardiovascular stuff. That's so interesting. I'm an A and I do. Yeah, I know. It's like I just told you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the next thing is, um, you know, and the other thing is, is that some people um, who live internally kind of stressed out need things that do relax them more. So things like yoga are the way to go. You know, and if you're into cardio, man, cycling, if you like to be out in nature, you can ride a bike almost anywhere. Um, You know, you can 
walk, run, you know, walk on the beach, hike. Um, you know, cardiovascular can be gotten in so many ways. I mean, sometimes I play smash ball with my sister. We just pass a volleyball. That's actually really hard work in the sand. If you want to you know, cardiovascular exercise, anything you do in the sand, oh my God, you're going to bust your butt to get it done. And what's really cool about doing stuff in the sand is that your land speed will absolutely improve mm. because it's hard work to run around in the sand. I love that. And I just realized, too, if people, like, walked out of the room and missed the transition between the blowjob piece and what you just started, your wonderful advice, the tips are so relevant in both cases. It's like use your breathing. Oh, yeah. Ask each you know, start yeah. where you're at. You Don't do something to. more challenging. And again, the parallels are so interesting because it's this, whenever you're trying to grow in your um, intimate life or your training, yeah. it's starting where you're at, not having shame around it and just going, yeah. okay, so I'm not in like this super strong physical place yet. Maybe I'm not active at all, but I exactly. can take a step. And, then, and, and if you're going to do something like strength training, um, I'm going to go back and talk about the neck because it's really one of the most key areas of the body. We live in a culture where um, you know, we use a lot of mobile devices. It requires us to lean over and bend over. So we are learning at an extraordinary rate how to have our head out in front of our body. And I'm going to hazard it's going to take medical science about 20 years to catch up. But I think I'll bet you money. A lot of our problems with nervous conditions are based on head and neck posturing, things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Because what happens when the head moves forward in space in front of where it is, for every inch forward that the head is beyond where it's supposed to be, because the head is actually supposed to be over your shoulders. So the back of your head should be behind you. The back of your head should not be in front of your body. And if you look at yourself in profile. Do you see me improving? Involuntarily. As you speak, I keep like, I'm so, standing up straight now. Yeah, no, but we, we, we typically reach with the head. Um, for every inch in space forward that it is, it actually adds its weight again. The thing that becomes very key, and watch people when they lift any strength condi conditioning one of the biggest faults I see with people who lift weights is they put their head into everything they do. If they do a sit-up, you're going to see that head flopping back and forth with their sit-up. So I'm only suggesting to people as an extraordinary imperative, whatever you do, please mind your posture. And if you don't have good posture, find exercises that will increase your postural strength. That is the best place to start. Because, you know, as we grow old, look at the way people grow old. Their entire spine shrinks and turns into kind of like a C. That thing makes our organs and our body age so much faster. So I'm saying preserve that. Stand That's up straight. That's good advice. And it really does boost confidence immediately. It's interesting. Um, so, you know, I'm going to get into something a little airy-fairy. There are seven energy centers along the spine. And the more you govern your posture, the more the energy flows freely. And base, you know, the first two chakras are sex, baby. <clears throat> so... There's a connection, yeah. Yeah. No, there's what happens is as our posture fails, the body's ability to pass energy up and down the spine fails. It's like Amy Cuddy, the sociologist who did that TED, TED Talk about uh, standing like Superwoman. Yeah. And her research is so interesting that, you know, if you stand with your hand, like in a power pose, with your akimbo. hands on your hips. Yeah, akimbo. Mm -hmm. Just even for a couple of minutes. Yeah. It changes people's work performance, their confidence level, the way they're perceived by other people. I've done it before, you know, 
certain episodes when I'm feeling a little nervous. Sure. It's it's amazing how quickly, and I love that those rewards can come fast because I think that can keep us going. Like we take oh, yeah. the one step towards physical strength and we go, hey, I got this. Like right. it is inside me. It is. And it's also one of those where, again, when you're standing there in that power pose, what's happening? You're just sitting there getting right in the body. You're not in the mind. Yeah. That's the, you know, we have minds. They're extraordinary tools. And you see us turn into these machines that run all day long that don't know how to turn off. And we forget completely about the physical, the shell. And, you know, our, uh, ultimately, I think our pleasure or displeasure in this world is going to be based on how healthy or not healthy our form is. Beautiful. Really powerfully said, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I love the awareness you're raising about strength, about posture, about, you know, gender equality, you know, that it's all about not trying to measure up, but realizing we already we do. do. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I it's been my hazard for a long time that until women are seen as physically equal, we're always going to be seen as less, and we don't teach. Um, it's one of those things. Again, I grew up there was no distinction made for my gender. I, I was I was a girl that wasn't, you know, I, I, I didn't, I still had to go out and bail hay. You know, I didn't get off of that, out of that because I was a female. Um, and But it's also one of those things where I can tell you in my own life, I don't shrink from stuff that a lot of women do because I've, I have tested myself physically to a certain degree where it's, you know, there's there's a certain level of comfort that comes with it. Yeah, yeah. It's so inspiring. <clears throat> I, I'm personally inspired. I know so many people listening are so grateful. Will you please remind us where we can learn more about you and support Women Kick-Ass? Yeah, well, um, so our um, our website is um, ArtemisFilmFestival.com. Our crowdfunding is WomenKickAss.com. I am on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, uh, my handle is I am Melanie Wise. On Facebook, um, I think I'm Melanie Wise 14 there. Um, <laughs> but um, I, and I think I think that about covers. It. Oh, we're on Instagram. It's Artemis Film Fest. Awesome, yeah. yeah. And they have amazing Twitter parties. You can learn more on their website. So many wonderful things to do, and such a beautiful tribe you've created. I'm super proud to to be joining you guys in different things you do. It's an amazing venture. Uh, it's awesome to have you. No, it's it, yeah, no. We have the most amazing bunch of of just so unusual, very funny, supportive. Oh yeah, and yeah. badass. Yeah, yeah, completely. Men and women. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it takes everybody, and I love yes. that it's such a mix. It's so diverse and beautiful. So everybody, please check it out. I will share links on my website as well, augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. To learn more about Dr. Megan, visit Great Sex. GreatLifeGreatSex.com. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave us a review. For extras and more, sign up for email updates on my website. And I'd love to hear from you. If you have any kind of question, I will protect your privacy. Go ahead and drop me a note. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.